Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, uh, 3CR's look at uh, the Australian film industry. There's been a flood of great Australian films coming out, and one of them is, that we're going to feature today is Promised. It goes back into the 1950s, and the uh, influx of Italian uh, migrants to Australia uh, and uh, is set in Melbourne. Uh, very familiar to people who come from Melbourne, this uh, setting, but it's about an, a prearranged marriage between a, a, a two little kids uh, because of an agreement with their fathers. But uh, And we've got the uh, writer-director on the line, so... G'day, Nick. How are you? Oh, oh hi. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah. You for having me on your show, Annie. Yeah, that's great. It's uh, Nick Coniti. Uh, Nick, is this your first film? Yes, it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Congratulations. Well, I well, mean, ob- obviously, this uh, you've uh, had a. Um, uh, this is a story you uh, felt you needed to tell, and it's it's very quite refreshing and really important uh, to the fabric of uh, Australian identity to go back to the experience of a Italian migration to Australia, isn't it? Oh, look, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's something that uh, it's an idea that kept coming back to me. As you said earlier, I was uh, promised, uh, my father and his friend promised their children in marriage, and I happened to be one of them. And, um, yeah, and the, the story that when I was old enough to understand what was going on, I um, I, found the, I found the idea interesting. Um, obviously, the girl was gorgeous. Um, so, and it's a story that never left me. And uh, when I was in a position, um, fortunate enough to have the resources and the resolve to make it, I did. Tell, tell us about the uh, reason for why two people, two families, would think that it was appropriate in this modern setting. Can you tell us about that, the cultural elements? Oh, look, uh, I, I think, you know, this is a, I'm, I'm a second-generation Australian-Italian origins, of course. Yeah. Uh, my parents were migrants, and they came over, um, they came over with a, a set of ideas and practices that were sort of adopted in the alcohol. So they couldn't let go of those, and, and yet here we were um, being educated to think freely, think for ourselves. So we were caught in parallel worlds. Um, why they did it, um, you have to remember in the 50s, 60s, 
and in particular early 70s, yeah, there wasn't a social network fabric that we have today where people could go out and meet. Uh, we used to have the six o'clock swirl. I remember that vividly. But there wasn't, you know, uh, many opportunities for young people to meet. So parents took it upon themselves to arrange marriages. Now, let's be precise about this. They, they were mainly, um, they weren't forced. They were sort of coordinated more than forced. But this is just a love story, and it's based on that premise of arranged marriages. Yeah, yeah, no, it was really interesting because I was watching the film and I became, I realised that I found it uh, uh, disturbing, actually, the notion. I got to a certain point when uh, they were uh, pressuring her. They grow up. It it all happens, and then they grow up. And uh, the young woman uh, has gone to university. She's made her way to university, which is a big achievement in itself. And uh, and that also tells you something about the nature of her parents. They're loving and they respect her. Uh, and, and they support her, yes. Yeah, and they support her, which is fantastic. It's a, it's a fantastic sort of... And uh, we we also get uh, lots of other elements too because uh, the father comes from Calabria, uh, the mother no he comes from Sicily right Sicily correct yes yeah even worse in a sense <laughs> well, it's, got that, it's got that Sydney Melbourne rivalry thing that comes yeah. into the yeah 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 it's right and uh, so she that her parents the, their uh, story uh, mm. uh, the mythology of the family is already comp- competitive uh, combative in a sense yeah correct correct yeah that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, and that they fought for their own future. So you know, it, it's part of her story as well. So they fight for each for their futures. But I, I was thinking, it, uh, it was quite com- done in such a compelling way. You did a very interesting thing in your film, especially as it's your first feature. There's a certain level of suspense going on because you lay it all out like a picnic. And it's like there's these these foods that are, everything is distasteful in the end. You don't want this food, uh, but as you you uh, and then in the telling, the rest of the film, uh, you uh, every piece is picked up and looked at. It's quite interesting what you do. Yeah, look, that's a great summation, and that's how I want to perceive that it is an interesting story. You see it from from all the protagonist's points of view, the mother, the father, the boyfriend, her. Look, it's a love story, and I'm not uh, I'm not setting out to condone or condemn no. uh, anything. I'm not. It's just an interesting love story, and the background was how we grew up. And, you know, I have to... And there was a lot of arranged marriages. For, and since I'd made the film, a lot of people could come out of the woodwork. There was sort of a, an element of perhaps not shame, but embarrassment. But since I'd made the film, people... Because I've, I've told the story in a sort of, I think, sensitive kind of manner. People come out of the woodwork and surprised me and said, look, we were arranged, I was arranged, my sister was arranged. And it's sort of, I found it quite bizarre, really, that, uh, that uh, it was more common than even I had any idea of at the time. To me, my parents, um, I wasn't forced to marry the girl I was promised to. And I won't tell you if I married her. Uh, once you see the film, I'll hold that back. Um, but I thought it was a it was a subject you know um, uh, was worth delving into. I just wanted to give something back to my community, to be honest. But what I found fascinating since Annie is that married at first sight. Now I haven't watched it, but they told me it's the biggest rating winner in Australia last year. So there's a fascination with arranged marriages, uh, and, that, and that applies to all cultures and all backgrounds. 
Well, that's it, it's to do with, uh, I suppose at the moment, it particularly, there's endless uh, worry about how people, uh, social, uh, the social fabric can sustain itself in a, a, a technologically and economically separating world that we live in at the moment. You know, how do you build connections? Yeah, well, the, 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 look, that's interesting. Years ago, you know, parents were, uh, they were the conduit for organ hosting. You know, certainly in Italy, they had a lot to play. You know, look, Pride and Prejudice is based on arranged marriages. Yeah. Um, and that was part of our past, you know. And I'm not... not uh, like, and and marriages were economic. We uh, see, the, the building up of the notion of a love match... It's all, you know, obviously people have always fallen in love. They may not have been called that, but there's always been sexual attraction. There's always been people that you uh, uh, are smitten with. Uh, but uh, that being the reason for why someone would marry was not actually the purpose of marriage. Yeah, look, uh, I, I mean, they, 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 the two tensions, the, the two tensions, uh, historically speaking, anyway, they were economic. Uh, connections between families and uh, land holdings or, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but that was certainly the case in Pride and Prejudice. But, yeah. you know, but, uh, uh, but, uh, and I, as I point out, love will find a way. It shouldn't be held back because of money or whatever. I mean, I, I try to, um, you know, I, the point of my film is that love will find a way. And, yeah, um, that's right. You know, I think it's... And it doesn't matter what the, the background is, you know. Uh, we we uh, and I think Angela had a uh, well, you know, she had a problem thing that she had to fall in love her way. But love's greater than that, you know. Uh, it's, it's greater than uh, the way she thinks about it. You know, love will find a way, and uh, love is special. It's um, it's unique. Uh, that's what I wanted to really highlight in my film. Yeah, oh, that's a nice way of putting it. That you know, it actually uh, creates the bonds that make it possible for people to rise above themselves. Yeah, spot on. But it like, I mean, I mean, I don't want to give too much away. But no, that's right. Know, what I like to do is by the end of the film, you know, everyone's motivation and why they did things. You know, right or wrong, everyone had the reasons because no one has a parent or has bad intentions for themselves. So I try to highlight that and just try to sort of you know, show up everyone's reasons and objectives and why they did things, you know, right or wrong. Well, yeah, that's right. It's a more complicated film than, and it's a more complete film than uh, merely uh, the notion that uh, two uh, kids have promised and then they have to fight against their parents for their own way. It's a mu it's much more a nuanced film than that. In fact, it's a delightful film, and I'd like to know uh, about your journey to make it happen, the actual um, film. Well, obviously, the, 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 the premise was a, it's based on a real-life thing that happened to me. Um, I'm an accountant. I'm an entrepreneur by uh, profession. Yep. Um, and uh, I, I, I wrote the script. I wrote the first draft, you know, many, many years ago, and I just kept sort of honing in on it. It's something I did, you know, as a passion project. I really enjoyed it. Then I decided I was in a position where I had both the resources and... Um, uh, the, the intent to make it, and I, I, I and what I uncovered in beneath the service was there's so much talent in Australia, young people who just needed opportunities to make films, and um, my cast and crew they were excellent. And the more I sort of looked into it, the more people I found that were committed and wanted to make 
film and helped me on my journey. So that was that was the easy part, getting the, the cast and crew. Yeah, they're um, lovely people. They are perfect choices. Oh, thank you very much. You know, I, I mean, you know, the guy that plays Robert, lovely, Daniel Barini, and then Angela, uh, Antoinette. And the, you say, yeah, she's a local girl. They're both, oh, Daniel's from Perth, and, uh, the, and Antoinette's a local girl uh, from Melbourne. So, you know, giving them an opportunity uh, was great, and uh, they, they try to make it big in the film. But, you know, behind, behind them, all the, the cast and crew, the lighting guys, the camera guys, just wonderful people, you know. Uh, with uh, it's a vocation, you know, with great talent, and uh, just you know, they inspired me to give them opportunities as well. And of course, you've got two draw cards as well. You've got uh, Tina Arena and uh, Paul Mercurio came on board. Yeah, that, that was a real plus and a surprise because you know my intention was not having a reputation um, just to make a small indie film, but you know Tina got a hold of the script and you know she liked it. Her parents were in arranged marriage. In fact, they were the last proxy marriage. Her mother was in Sicily, her father was here, and they got married by proxy, which was mm. even, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, something even greater than a, an arranged marriage. Because um, so you didn't know what you were getting. Well, uh, I think Tina's father, yeah, that's right, but knew of the family because they came from the same village and remembered Tina's mother as a young girl, so he, he knew of her. Yeah, but that was, and you know, some people look at that as backward. I look at that as really romantic people, you know, investing in their own, you know. I I, see when you you can look at that from two points of view that people were prepared to commit to something, this romantic notion. That's how I look at it. You know, Mm. some people look at it as backward and, you know, not to be done. But you have to remember that, um, again, there was an influx of young men that came here from Europe and there wasn't enough women. Uh, So, you know, demand and supply, and uh, yeah, people took the plunge. And in most cases, they work, you know, um, but not in all cases. Again, I don't, um, I'm not here to condemn or to condone the, the, the practice. It's a love story, and it's set, you know, in this time, um, with this sort of culture behind it. And Tina was really pleased to be part of this, telling of, of uh, a story that she understood. Uh, Tina, look, you know, again, she read the script, and, you know, she came aboard. Uh, just for the the, uh, the affinity she had for the role, she could relate to it more than anyone else, obviously. And uh, and she was great to have on. And like, again, I felt slight, when she came in and I was talking to her about about the role, why she wanted to do it, and why I wanted to make the film. It was fascinating. At the end of that meeting, she said to me, "Nick, you know, when do I audition?" I said, "Tina, I thought I was auditioning for you." And I said, you've got the job, you know. I said, don't worry about that. And then, so then Paul came along, and look, Tina was great. I mean, um, so her professionalism, you know, um, she remembered everyone's name. She came, she elevated everyone's performance. There's no doubt about that. And uh, she did credit to the role, you know. Um, oh, yeah, no, she's great. Along. Yeah, she's great. She's, she's great. a real sweetie, and uh, she comes across as a, a real sweetie. It's, it's a, a very uh, uh, good representation, a, a, a different kind of representation of an Italian mother. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. She was sort of, you know... Um, well, she's honestly, elegant. You know, she's she's beautiful. Yeah, well, she, she, well, well, I think most Italian mothers are, you know. Yeah, no, that's it. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's yeah, it. My mother, you know, I mean... Um, actually, I'm writing a book on it, and there's a line in there. So, you know, there's a perception that mothers have more influence than the dad did. Certainly, in my family, that she did, you know. And even in my film, I'm not sure if you noted that, Annie, but 
when um, they initiate uh, the promise, it's the father who says, did you see that? He was charmed by it. It's the mother who says, magari, maybe them too. So it was the mother more than anyone else that initiated the promise. And then the father felt obligated to honour his wife. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. So that's a very subtle point, but I do make that point in my film. You know, it hasn't been picked up as yet, but it's the mother, it's the boy's mother that initiates the, the promise, and the father then felt compelled to, you know, back his wife. Uh, also, I suppose, in a sense, that uh, the uh, role of family and and the individual they're, they're two the two things that are being discussed. But there seems to be lots of room for the individual within that framework. Absolutely, I mean, um, uh, as Tina says, and the, the mother said in the film, you know, we just want the best for you. But um, we, I think, you know, I'm a, like I said, I'm a second generation, you know, Australian Italian background. And our parents didn't have particularly good jobs, that menial jobs. We worked hard. Mm. And we saw that they sacrificed. They couldn't speak the language. They were in a country that wasn't necessarily their home. And it wasn't as sophisticated as it was today. You know, a lot of sophistication was built on the back of Italians and other migrants. That's exactly right. So they didn't have good coffee. Exactly right. You're exactly right. So, you know, I think um, us, first, uh, second generation children, we saw how it worked. They never complained. They embraced the country. They loved the country. The opportunity gave them. So we, we tended to have a, an air of respect for our parents. So we didn't dismiss whatever they'd say, you know, um, as being sort of outdated. We said, oh, yeah, you know. Uh, we, 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 I think, and there was something that was a symptom or something that um, I'm not the only one, you know, uh, us, you know, second generation migrants, Australians, uh, we felt this sort of uh, level of obligation and respect to our parents that perhaps our kids don't have towards us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, it's it's a long way to come, you know. To to leave uh, everything is a very hard thing exactly. to do. Exactly, you know. Exactly, and you don't understand. There was no internet those days. They didn't know when they were coming. They were lucky that they they landed on a great country, gave them great opportunities. You know, um, you know. My father, um, you know, uh, he had a tough in the fifties. He arrived in nineteen fifty one, but never once did he complain. He just embraced everything. He loved this country and. Uh, and I think that sort of uh, instilled that, that love in me. Um, and, uh, and, and, but at the same time, I wanted to sort of give something back yeah. to my father, to my parents. Uh, it's a crazy idea. And on the, on the face of it, it's a backward, backward concept. But I just wanted to put a different spin on it, you know. But essentially, Annie, it's a love story. Um, and I hope it comes across that way. <laughs> oh, well, no, it does. It does. It's a, it's actually a lovely film. And uh, the other thing that should be pointed out is the extraordinary extraordinary uh, home movies that you've been able to insert in the uh, beginnings and ends. Tell us about well, that. You know, yeah, well, my uncle, my uncle Joe Kennedy, he passed away, unfortunately, but he was ahead of his time. Uh, he had a standard eight camera in the early 50s, then got a Super 8 camera. Oh, that came right, out. yeah. And he was the one that, I, I, and to me, I was just normal. Every function we ever did as a family, he'd be taking film. Every wedding, we'd attend to, we'd attend, he'd be taking the film. And I'd have to be, in those days, with Super 8, you know, lighting. Yes. And the lighting came in the form of car lights that I'd have to carry around for it. So I saw oh. all these weddings firsthand. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, when, he passed, when he passed away, um, I asked my aunt if I could have his, his library, and I did, not I put it on DVD, and... I've got, you know, over 15 hours of footage of Melbourne, of Sydney, of Italy, because he travelled extensively. 
Yeah, uh, that's where the shots of them feeding the birds and, yeah? Yeah, and they were exactly from the period their honeymoon was taking place, so they're really, really authentic. Oh, that's fantastic. No wonder you wanted to make a film. Anybody, any kid who had to travel around, uh, uh, carry the lights for someone who was doing that, had to make a film. Yeah, well, again, yeah, that was part of my inspiration for sure. That's fantastic. That's great. And uh, tell us, uh, Nick, where's it showing? What's been happening um, with it? Okay, well, it was launched on the 1st of October through LIT, the Lavazza Italian Film Festival, Australia-wide, and we've had incredible reception to it. We've had sellouts in every state, most sessions, and we've had extra sessions. Uh, and more pleasingly, people stay back after the film want to talk to me. So uh, they're really happy the way we portrayed their community, distinct from other sort of comical stuff. And they said, well, it sort of sheds light on us in a serious matter, which they love. But now it's been, as of uh, tonight, it's been uh, it's generally released through Hoyt and Palace that continue on with it and in uh, event cinemas in Queensland. So there's about 60 locations in Australia. Wow, that's a success. Well, yeah, we're very pleased with that, obviously, first-time filmmakers. Um, I had a great crew, you know, uh, Nathan uh, Primer, uh, my producer, did an exceptional job. Tony uh, Ferreri, my cinematographer, I didn't do it alone. They helped me many... in many aspects, you know, making this film. So oh, film, films are collaboration. And, and, and the clash. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have... The did you have fights in the editing suite? I keep saying, you, you're fighting, no. Tony and I just talking in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We had creative uh, uh, differences, I think, the term is. You know? Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, no, so, it's, uh, so you, just, you can look it up on the internet, uh, but... Certainly, it's in uh, many locations in Melbourne, Sydney, Australia-wide, through Hoyts and um, Palace Cinemas. So we've got, you know, a wide range of screens. Give everyone an opportunity to go and see it. Uh, uh, are you going to take it overseas? That's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. We've had interest from America. I think it'll do very well in similar yeah. sort of demographics. Like Canada will do well. They've got the same sort of demographics that we have here in Melbourne and Australia. I think we'll do well. And in fact, you know, we've had over a million YouTube hits, which is extraordinary. Uh, and a lot of them are coming from London, uh, with, uh, from the Indian community, who have a fascination with the, the subject matter. So they, obviously they're fascinated by how the Italians do it or did it. And uh, I think it could have an audience there as well. Do, do you think you'd take it back to Italy? Um, yes, would, absolutely. Would, it be, would they um, be interested? Uh, I think I, I, I think it's more of a um, a migrant story. Yeah, and appeals more to migrants, as distinct from. But certainly, I think it would have a, an audience. Look, first and foremost, it's a love story, and I, and love stories are it's a universal subject that has an audience anywhere. I, I believe so. Anyway, yeah. I so, think you're probably so, right. Yeah. So the, the, my my main audience, I think, I suspect, would be the migrant experience and telling a migrant story. Uh, we're, we're, we're pretty much, you know, us migrants, oh, we're, we're unique, you know. We're, we're not quite Australian, not quite Italian, you know. We're yeah. migrants, and I'm proud of that fact, you know. It, it doesn't, oh, I'm not, you know, fucked by it. In fact, I think we're unique and had the best of two worlds. Thank you very much for talking to me, Nick. Annie, I, it was a pleasure talking to you. I hope people go see it and enjoy it. Yeah, thank you. Good on you, Annie. Thanks for your time.
From October the 28th to the 31st, some of the worst climate criminals will be gathering for the International Mining Conference, IMARC, at the Melbourne Convention Centre. Blockade IMARC is an activist alliance committed to putting a stop to the mass destruction caused by extractive industries across the globe and the harm they cause to communities and ecosystems. We need your help to be part of this blockade. Find out how at blockadeimark.com or check out our Facebook page, Blockade IMARC, a 3CR supporter. You're on TCR with Annie and we're on Showreel and we've just been talking to Nick Conidi who's made this great film called Promised and as he said, uh, it's a love story and it's uh, set in Melbourne and uh, it's set amongst the uh, Italian migrant community from the 1950s. So it's a fascinating film but it's a lovely film just as a love story as well. Uh, and uh, they've, uh, you can't miss it, obviously, because there's 60 locations right across Australia that are now, um, it's a hit, quite clearly. Uh, we're going to go out now with uh, a, a track from Archie Roach. Uh, this is not probably part of this CD that he's just released. It's a, a long-awaited memoir and companion album, Tell Me Why, and it's going to be released on November the 1st. But uh, I thought it might be an idea to remember why Archie Roach is such a fantastic uh, singer, uh, musician and uh, a national treasure. And uh, the song is called Love, Sweet Love and that's in honour, of course, the film Promise coming up next is published or not. Come to me, my lovely Please help heal this wound That you gave to me One night beneath the moon Hand me my tobacco Take me to my room Grab some cotton tobacco and place it on this wound and come and lay down, lay down with me, down with me. My tiger flower Take me by the hand Oh you have the power I'm at your command Let's go see the Tinampas On this beautiful day While we walk along the path 
down sake milk away then come and sit down sit down with me down with me down You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.